morning, everybody, and welcome to Baseball for Breakfast, your weekly serving of dingers and zingers. This week, it's an exciting one. We're going to be talking about the AL West. Uh, it's all good stuff. Um, there's a lot of news that happened, actually, this past week in baseball. Uh, I think the, the most pressing thing to talk about would probably be the Indians, or actually no longer the Cleveland the baseball team. The Cleveland baseball team, or whatever it's going to be. Um, so that's exciting, right? I mean, the Washington football team recently did this um, well, in wake Braves of are on the clock now. What was that? The Braves are on the clock now. The Braves are on the, <laughs> the, are on the clock. The, the, clock chop. the Braves, <laughs> yeah. the Chiefs, the Seminoles. <laughs> I, yeah, there's a lot of teams still. Like, yeah, but what do you guys think? I mean, like, this is big news, kind of. Uh, I called this like. I, I would say like six or seven years ago on my blog that like they would they would change their name uh, eventually at least I I think it's I think it makes sense I mean even even if you look past like Chief Wahoo I mean they're not Indians they're Native Americans it's like calling Chinese people French so like that in and of itself doesn't really make a lot of sense um, but I think it makes sense because even more so because they have names in the past that they've used. Um, and Brandon, I want to hear your opinions on this before I divulge those names, but I, I think they could come up with a very suitable name and I'm really excited for it. I don't think we should pretend like the Indians is a great name in general. Um, <laughs> that, that's true. Yes. But um, I mean, yeah, I'm glad they're changing it. Obviously like sports teams aren't super, you know, if, if, if one person, I guess is offended, I guess it's worth changing. I guess, like a certain group of people. And it's been talked about for a while. And um, the Redskins now, the Indians changing their names. Um, curious to see what they change their name to. Hopefully they just, they just settle on a name. And they don't just cave in and do Cleveland baseball team. Like, because that's actually being considered, by the way. Or they're considering just like holding off on a year and just like officially rebranding after the 2021 season. So. I just hope they just go ahead and make a quick switch. There's a couple names in mind, you know, from past iterations of Cleveland baseball, you know, the Cleveland Spiders. I'm sure you'll talk about Matt. Um, I'm sure we can spitball a ton of cool names too, but like um, Indians, I mean, they haven't like, have a, they haven't won a world title since the fifties. So like they don't, the Indians, like if they get rid of that name, it's not like they were losing a ton of history associated with the, in, the Indians mantra. So. Wow. Just dunk on all of Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> also, we'll sign Francisco Lindor, and you can just call your team the Cleveland Lindors. Well, that's Not actually a nice transition. That's a nice transition because one of the names that the Indians uh, used in the past was the Cleveland Naps, named after uh, their Hall of Fame infielder Napoleon Lajoy. Uh He played way, way, way back. We're talking like Ty Cobb days, but he was the face of the franchise. So they were just like, Hey, let's name the team after this guy. And it, I think it stuck around a little bit after he retired, but for, for basically as long as we've known the Indians, they've been the Indians. They got rid of chief Wahoo. I think like three or four years ago. I think around that time. It was just like a big C for a while. Yeah. So, so the Cleveland Spiders, Brendan, like you said, was also a name that was used, I think, even before the Cleveland Naps. But the Spiders are cool just because, you know, spiders are dangerous. Um, uh, Cleveland Naps would be a big homage to the team's history. I don't know if I totally agree with it just in terms of now. I just think it's a cool name. Uh, other cool names, I think the Cleveland Hammers would be really cool. 
uh, because you hammer out home runs and also Cleveland has a very vibrant uh, industrial scene. And then you could do like the Cleveland Rockers or something because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. So those are my names. I, I, am I supposed to think of names? Um, <laughs> you I can. Do I don't care. I was just the, spitballing. The Expo, this could be the Expos rebranding. They can just have their team in Cleveland now. Cleveland Expos. I feel um, like that makes pretty cool, actually. no sense. Um, yeah, it's known for rock and roll. Um, Cleveland. Yeah, I, I, I do like the Cleveland Rockers. And you could, there's a metaphor of like, you know, rocking home runs, but, you know, Baseball's never fun. They don't have fun team names like that anymore. So. <laughs> hey, you know, we have the Yankees and the Metropolitans. Honestly, I, I'll, I'll bet on it being the Cleveland baseball team for next year, which is kind of like sad. No, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. So, like, a lot of people got upset when Washington didn't name their team. Um, here's a flip side, though. Their branding has been amazing. And also, football is the one time – it's the one sport in America – aside from soccer, where you can actually just have Washington football club or Washington football team. And it kind of makes sense because all the European teams just say, you know, FC after their name. So it's, you know, that's how they, they don't really have team names. They just have city football team or club baseball. That would be weird because it's never been done before. Um, You know, at least with football, that's across the world. It's done. Uh, well, yeah, it's football. called football in other places. <laughs> no, I understand, but like it, the the branding still works. Yeah, like, you no, I get what you're logo, saying. The W works. It doesn't matter. They're good, so that who cares? Or kind of good, whatever. I don't know. Aren't they like but six and seven? They're kind of good. Like they're kind of they're in first, so like relax. All right, I'm a Giants um, fan, and I'm personally offended, but it's fine. No, but Cleveland baseball team, I agree, does not have a punch. I don't know if the branding could work. They also don't have to be so. Like, like you said, like they could do such interesting things because it's a baseball team and you don't need, it doesn't need to make sense. Like no, none of the teams really make sense. So like, I hope they do something. They could even do the national bird or like the state bird of Cleveland. I don't even know what it is, but. Well, Cleveland's not a state. So first you have to do Ohio. I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. But yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, God. Uh, I know. I, I know what you're getting at. Could be the Blue Jays, whatever. It literally can. <laughs> not, not if you put your mind to it. Let's let's talk about other baseball news besides uh, the Cleveland name change. Uh, the, some front offices got a shake up this week with two new hires from the NL East. Um, so the Phillies hired a president of baseball operations, Big Dave, Dave Dombrowski. Uh, he left the Red Sox. Well, he got fired in 2019 from the Red Sox. He's coming on a board now. Um, and the Mets hired their GM, Jared Porter. So as two big hires, it's kind of late to hire two new executives. But um, there's a lot of work to be done for those two clubs. Uh, Dave Dombrowski is like the resident, like, big-time GM that just, you know, is known for trading firm systems and signing these big contracts. So interesting to see if that affects how the Phillies go after, like, Real Muto or if they want to sign, like, a big guy for their bullpen, like Liam Hendricks. Uh, Jared Porter is going to be working under Sandy Alderson. And, you know, Sandy's already done some, you know, some moves without Porter there. But, um, yeah, should be a nice, like, collaboration. What do you guys think of the two new hires? Well, Uncle Steve is still making moves. I don't know that much about Porter. Uh, I just think that I like the Mets just completely restarting everything pretty much under a new owner. I agree with that. And they have money. They're going to spend no matter what. 
I don't know how much Porter has in terms of notoriety. Definitely not in terms of what Dombrowski has. Because Dombrowski has been around since the since the early '90s, like he was with the Marlins, and then he was yeah. with the Tigers, and then the Red Sox. And with the Red Sox, I think he pulled off the Chris Sale trade. I'm pretty yep. sure, yeah. and the JD Martinez signing. Those are probably his two biggest moves. Craig Krimble, uh David Price, those are all Dombrowski moves. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll also give a quick background on Jerry Porter since um, I've done a lot of research about him, but he's his four World Series titles. He worked under Theo Epstein in Boston. Oh, he, okay. okay. He started as an intern in Fort Myers and worked his way after the Red Sox, worked under Theo, uh, moved to the Cubs when Theo was with the Cubs. And so he won a World Series title in 2016. So he was so piggybacking he was off of Theo off Epstein. Of- well, after the Cubs won their World Series, he, he moved to Arizona to work in – Mike Hayes's Mike Hazen's front office and he was kind of like in charge of scouting and the analytics department so and then became assistant GM so that's like his latest position was as, a, as an assistant GM in Arizona uh yeah so that's like kind of his background okay well I apologize to Jared Porter for completely dissing him in terms of not knowing who he was at first but yeah I mean he's he was obviously hired because he's qualified and he's experienced enough to do the job Again, I think the Mets are going to have a big offseason regardless of who their GM was. If it was Sandy Alderson or even if it was Steve Cohen, they were they have money to spend. Um, I agree. I think them yeah. hiring a GM that hasn't been a GM before makes sense because they're going to groom him under Alderson, who's very well um, traveled in the, in the path of front offices. And again, yeah, Steve Cohen is going to be involved. We'll say involved more than the the paycheck is. He's going to be doing things. So that works. That makes sense to me. It is a cautionary tale, though, because it, especially in New York, we know what what big time owners mean for clubs. And and since George Steinbrenner passed away, we've learned a little bit more of how his strategy might not have been the best and how Cashman, Brian Cashman was like kind of suppressed in his role for ever since he was hired. So it's it's a cautionary tale, but if Jared Porter can prove himself, then he can prove himself. Uh, I'm I'm definitely more excited. No offense, Brendan, but I'm definitely more excited about Dave Dombrowski uh, getting hired by the Phillies because they're already big spenders. We know the Phillies; they're already big spenders, and now they bring in Dombrowski, who's who likes to spend a lot too. Not to mention the fact that the Phillies have a lot of holes to fill, even though they're a really good squad. So they're also they have such a win now. Like front office, it's insane. Exactly. Like Girardi, Girardi is like the most intense win now coach I could think of off the top of my head. Like there's no rebuilding under Girardi. Like it's just not a thing. So like they're gonna they're gonna spend right now. They're gonna get Girardi's guys, and like they're gonna they're gonna win games. Like I'm so, they're just they're good. They're not a bad team. They need some pieces. I liked them when we did them like four weeks ago on the podcast. Like I I think they're gonna be good. So. I'm I'm happy for the signing. I think it'll be bad four years from now, just like it was bad for the Red Sox for a couple of years, where it's like mm, they kind of have nothing. I mean, they won a World money. Series out of it, so exactly. But so we'll see. Maybe they do it. Um, he didn't end up winning one in Detroit. I don't think. No, he didn't. Well, but... he went there. He went in 2012. No. Yeah, Prince, true. I mean, he made the Prince Fielder signing. Yeah, it was a signing. Yeah. Yes, he did. So, yeah, we, we love Big Dave. <laughs> we love him. Um, um, oh, what are you, what are you going to say? I was about? Say, what other news is there before we get started on the AL West? 
Lance Lynn this week by yeah there was a winter meetings this week well this past week by name only not actually like you know the way it usually is like in a hotel but there were some trades this week like Matt alluded to uh, Lance Lynn uh, the Angels got two different Iglesias's uh, Jose Iglesias to replace Angleton Simmons at shortstop and they got Rossiel Iglesias to be their closer. And yeah, White Sox getting Lance Lynn. So, well, also trading top pitching prospect Dan Dunning to the Rangers in exchange for Lance Lynn. So, also the Mets got James McCann as a four-year deal. So, a couple of different trades and pre-agent signings. What do we get? What do we think about those transactions? Well, we could talk about the Angels stuff when we discuss them for the actual AL West episode. But in terms of uh, James McCann, he had a very solid year last year. Uh, you guys know my opinions of catchers and the market for catchers and how I think they're all pretty much overrated and overpaid, but it's the same way that you value closers. Like they are not going to pitch nine innings a game, but you need a closer just like you need a catcher. So in terms of the catchers on the market, obviously real Muto was a lot better, but they probably got him for like $10 million cheaper a season. So I think it's a solid move for the Mets. And I think it makes a lot of sense because they have a lot of other places that they could spend a lot, a lot of money, a la Trevor Bauer. So I think them saving money with McCann makes a lot, a lot of sense. Uh, In terms of Lance Lynn, uh, I think that's another great trade, honestly, on both sides. I think Lance Lynn is getting a little bit up there in age and he might get a little more volatile this year, but I think it's a risk that the White Sox are willing to take because they have so, so many good players on their roster that they could take that kind of risk. And then the Rangers are getting a really good pitcher in return and they're already in, in like they came in last in the division. So it wasn't like they're trying for a win now move, even though we'll talk about how they have a lot of money to spend. But yeah, they have to build up their farm system. They're a last place team. You you can't just go from worst to first in terms of just spending a lot on free agency. This is going to be incremental for them. So I think it was a good move on both sides. You want to go first, Bren? Um, I can talk about James McCann for a second. Um, so yeah, like Matt said, like spending on McCann probably takes him out of Real Mudo, obviously, and it saves them money on an AAV basis. Uh, McCann actually got non-tendered by the Tigers like only two years ago. So like his breakout has been only recent. Um, but he's always been a solid defensive catcher and he's improved his framing and he's always been a solid at throwing runners out. Um, his throwing out runners percentage was like top three, I think, in baseball over the last year or so. Um, so he's always solid there. He has a great reputation of handling the pitching staff. So that's definitely going to be an upgrade over Wilson Ramos, who was definitely a negative behind the plate. And in terms of his offense, he's increased his, you know, his exit velocity and like barrel, what's it called? It's like barrel. Barrel bat percentage. Barrel bat percentage, yeah. So there's some evidence to say that, you know, his offensive uh, breakthrough is a little bit more legit than, you know, what the underlying, uh, what the traditional stats say from his years at Detroit. But McCann also altered his batting stance. So he's made some a lot of improvements to, you know, improve his game. Uh, and they're, it's, it's, it's a risky signing, though. It's a four-year deal for a guy that's traditionally a backup. Even last year, he played behind Guzmane Grandal. But I think it's more projecting what he'll do in the next four years of the contract. And 
And if he's if he's a starting catcher for two or three years and he's a backup for the last year or two for the deal, I think they'll be okay with that. Um, so I don't I don't hate the signing. I'm not gonna have a party about it. You know, for Met, for any Met fans, I wouldn't have a party over it. It depends on what they what else they do. Um, the White Sox made a really stealthy move with Lancelin. He's pretty much like a number one or two quality stutter who is now going to be the number three stutter. Um, so win now move, he's very cheap for one year. Um, and the Angels, you know, they filled some holes with the Iglesias, the Iglesias trades, but they got to do more for me. Uh, they have to address the pitching rotation, as we'll get to. But, yeah, Logan, what do you think about the McCann signing first and then the White Sox getting Lance Lynn? Yeah, so I'm definitely a little more bullish on the signing, but I I do agree with what Matt said. I think this made more sense for a team that's going for more than just a catcher. Like, I never loved signing Real Mutas to some gnarly deal. So I like this more because if they're assuming the Mets get Bauer or someone else or Springer, really Bauer for my personal opinion, but I like that they didn't go crazy with the spending. I do think giving four years and 40 million to a backup is like a little bit tough to wrap your head around. Although I was looking at his numbers and the years that he gave, he had more at bats. He actually had a better batting average. So like that kind of bodes well for the Mets. I also don't think he's the type of like most catchers aren't 600 plate appearance catchers. Like up until this year, Gary was, and now he's even not. So like they don't need James McCann to be a full-time starter. They could have him, share the, the the time with, I don't know if they still have Ramos on the team, but um, whoever other catcher, I mean, Nito maybe, I don't even know. But whoever else the Mets have at catcher, they could probably split the time. That might be better off for both. Um, but, you know, the money wasn't terrible. So like like Brendan said, if he's a cat, if he's a backup full-time for the last two years of the deal, there are worse things. Um, I'll save the Angel stuff for later. Um, the White Sox trade, I like it for them. I think Lance Lynn is very good. I think he helps them win right now when they are a win-now team. Credit to the Texas Rangers, though, because this is awesome. In the middle of the season, everyone freaked out that they, they didn't trade him while he was having a Cy Young type of year and they didn't get anything back. They just got like one of the top pitching prospects who lost his uh, luster a little bit, but he still is very, very highly regarded. I think that's a win. Like Lance Lynn is not young. He could fall off a cliff anytime. He fell off a cliff with the Yankees, so it's not like he can't do it with the White Sox right now. I think that's a great move for Texas. I think it makes sense for the White Sox. I hope it makes them win more, but I don't know that it puts them over the edge. I don't think that Lance Lynn's that guy, but maybe I'm wrong. If he keeps it up, he very well might be. Um, but yeah, th- that was definitely the best trade of the offseason so far. That was a, That was a big-time trade, for sure. Which definitely says a lot about the offseason. Yeah, but... that's embarrassing. But, like, I don't know that any team is going to be – well, it, uh, I say that, knock on wood, but, like, if Lindor gets traded tomorrow, we'll tweet about it because that would – that's, that's That would big, be insane. Yeah, that's a big deal. But so thus far, this is bigger than the, uh, the, the Rockies-Reds trade. So, sorry, Hoffman, but this is big. Kind Which of. could have been a lot bigger, but that's eh, whatever. But that's a good transition to talk about uh, – the American League West, a division that pretty much was dominated by the top two teams. I mean, obviously the Astros didn't have as good a season as we all expected them to have, but the A's have been good for a couple of years now, and we love them uh, with the money ball moves by Billy Bean every year. And then Houston is still Houston. They're going to lose some guys this offseason, and we'll talk about that. But we're going to start at the bottom of the division, as we always 
sometimes maybe do. Uh, we just talked about the Texas Rangers. They came in fifth place uh, in the American League West. They just traded their number one starting pitcher, Lance Lynn, to the Chicago White Sox in exchange for Dane Dunning. Right? I think that's his. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's his name. Yes. Okay. So the the Rangers have been in rebuild mode for probably the last three or four years, and nothing has really happened that's so exciting. What I think is exciting about the Rangers, though, is that they have so much money to spend. Like, I don't think that they're going to spend so much that they end up in first place next year because I think the A's and Astros are just more talented teams, no matter how much the Rangers try and improve. But I think the Rangers are the Rangers and Giants are are low-key teams that could really make a surprising amount of noise with the amount of money that they have to spend, the low payroll that they have right now, and the big market cities that they play in. Like, I think the Rangers could do really well in the offseason. Marginal improvements, obviously, compared to other teams that could propel themselves into, like, World Series contention. But I think the Rangers could make a lot of interesting moves because, I mean, their roster is pretty barren. <laughs> I think they're going to take a step back, in my opinion. Um, they kind of went for it last year. Not, not totally, but they traded for Corey Kluber. They made some, like, win-now moves, and it really didn't pay off well for them. Uh, they finished last in the division, of course, and they already started to pivot their strategy. They saw season by trading Lance Lynn away, so it's not a team that's trying to win. Uh, they also kind of made some news when they hired a six foot ten GM, uh, Chris Young, former pitcher, to yeah be the GM under John Daniels, and they he pretty much had a trade you know pretty much done for him when he got the job, but I don't see them being super active they have a new stadium so they should have be should they definitely have the money once they are ready to ready to be more competitive um but yeah i I don't see them really filling too many holes i i know their team president or owner he came out and said they're they're looking at 2021 as being a rebuilding year so i don't know they don't have too much that excites me by next year i don't think they're going to be active at all and I, I think they'll save their money. Maybe they'll splurge on a shortstop in next year's rating class. But in terms of this offseason, I think they're going to be pretty quiet. But we'll assess their team regardless. Yeah, I – first of all, I didn't realize they had Nate Lowe. That's cool. They just um, got him yesterday. <laughs> I was days ago. Say, yeah, oh, that's a trade. Yeah, I didn't know that. But, okay, so that's cool. I'm looking at their roster. Like, they definitely – they're definitely missing – really every position except for whatever Joey Gallo is playing and in an ideal world he's not even playing the field so like they definitely could spend literally anywhere maybe aside from short because Elvis Andrews is actually great wasn't well, great Isaiah kiner Falefa is the future at short they said that yeah, I they, they, that they just moved Elvis Andrews off shortstop like yeah that also weird because Kiner plays catcher and third but wherever they want to play him i love kind of Falefa. he's he actually led the league in singles last year fun fact um because he played so often because he played all over the diamond big fan of his he's actually i mean it, he his bat really plays at catcher but wherever they put him he's a good bat um but yeah they don't have a bullpen much like actually they really don't have anything they could spend it they're probably better off if they're going to spend I'd like them to spend on like the mid-tier guys and then flip them, get a couple prospects, and then really make a huge move. That makes more sense to me because uh, it's not as if they have a great uh, farm system either. 
um, or at least not letting the world on fire there. But like Rugged Odor has had seasons where he's great. Nick Sola can hit. Nate Lowe could hit. I mean, they have guys. They're not going to be terrible. They're not going to be good, though. And I don't think any move is going to make them good. I certainly didn't like when they got Kluber last year. That didn't work, and he got hurt immediately. Um, but, yeah, they're not so exciting. Willie Calhoun, I would like to see do something really special next year. We'll see. Him and Joey Gallo are probably their top bet to, like, really make noise with the offense. But we'll see. I don't know. Not Not loving it. There are a lot of guys, certainly that they're that the Rangers are banking on for to be very, very good next year. Like Joey Gallo, his batting average basically regressed back to earth, uh, and like Willie Calhoun and Nick Solak, like you said, Logan, and even Corey Kluber. Like they're expecting, I, I, at least I would expect Corey Kluber to be back to the Cy Young caliber. The Rangers anymore? Yeah, he's a oh, he's not in the red. No, he's a free agent. He was a one-year rental. That's why that trade made no sense. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, was... really? Yeah. yeah I swear. I him. swear. I thought that he was around for a while. All right. Well, never mind. <laughs> but so so fine. The the lineup at least. I think there are a lot of guys in the lineup that the Rangers are really banking on to at least do something and at least be a lot better than they were this past year. Except for Kiner Falefa, who they kind of just want to explode. But. Again, I I expect the Rangers to to buy on a lot of mid-tier guys this offseason. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to go after Bauer or El Muto or even Springer because that makes no sense because, you know, Houston. But they could they have money to spend, and I think that they should, even if it's not on multi-year contracts, if they're spending money on one-year deals, like, at least they're spending and at least they have competency to use their capital wisely. Or to invest to invest as sort of an experimental in an in an experimental fashion, just to see what the heck this lineup is all about. <laughs> because there are a lot of there are a lot of questions for even the guys that are supposed to be good. So this is still a team that that has to find itself. And I think a way that you find yourself is by spending pretty substantially on mid-tier guys who could elevate them incrementally. Yeah, here's here's my take on the Rangers. Uh, I think I think like you said, Matt, they haven't found their identity ever since Adrian Beltre retired, uh, and also they've been really uh, handicapped with you know uh, Andrews and Odor kind of underperforming their big contracts at second and short, and now you know Odor is silly incumbent at second base, but they moved Elvis Andrews off shortstop. He was a negative defensive shortstop this last year or so, and has not hit well at all. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, he's the Tigers – he's the Rangers' best defender. So putting him at shortstop, the premium defensive position in baseball, will help him out a bit up the middle. Uh, Joey Gallo is their franchise cornerstone. But, yeah, they don't have too much going for them in, in their in their farm system. Uh, their pitching staff is – you know, Dan Dunning is definitely going to get a shot this year to, you know – pitch some innings, but this team is really, you know, they have two more years of the Andrews and Odor contracts, but then, yeah, like Matt, like you said a lot, they don't have any commitments and they have tons of money to spend. And I'm sure they're going to want to spend that money, you know, and fill that, that new stadium up. So this is a team that I can see active a year or two from now where they can splurge in the free agent market and fill up their roster. They have made some like, you know, one-year deals already just to kind of like fill in their lineup. Uh, David Dahl, 
signing a one-year deal after he was non-tendered, so he'll be able to play the outfield. They made a trade for Nate Lau, who will play first base. So they made some, like, you know, little moves to fill in their lineup. Um, I'm just more concerned of who's going to pitch innings for them next year because they already traded Lance Lynn and lost Corey Kluber for agency. Um, and Mike Miner, Mike Miner, they traded, you know, last season. So they don't have a ton of guys in the rotation right now. So I, I can just see them taking a lot of, like, uh, waivers on some, you know, depth guys that could throw innings. But besides that, yeah, um, for the offensive side of things, like, I mean, they could use a second baseman, but I, I just – see them having Odor play there. Uh, they could use a catcher, but most of their, you know, I really see them as like a guy they can get like an Arenado. Like he fits so perfectly here. That can be their face of the franchise in Texas. But, you know, I don't see them making a trade for him. Maybe he opts out next year and they sign Yeah, I don't think Arenado's opting out and going to Texas. <laughs> I also don't know that, like, yeah, like, he, he could be the face of the franchise of Texas and they could lose the same way he's the face of the franchise of Colorado and they lose. But, like, yeah, I agree. They need a, they need someone big. But, like, yeah, they'll, they're not going to trade for him, I don't think. Like, I think they need to sign someone big next year. Maybe Correa, honestly. Like, I could see it. It just doesn't, I I mean, like the Red Sox and Yankees have had like signings back and forth, but I don't know. I, I just, I just don't see like a, a someone in Texas going to another team in Texas, but that I just might be ignorant. Yeah. I, I don't think it matters. At I don't know. Shall we, shall we move on boys? Yes. Well, we'll, well, before we move on, let's just Never say mind. one, one free agent who could fit on this team. Um, I really would enjoy if they re-signed Danny Santana and actually gave him like a good role in this lineup because I think Santana has a, a real potential to be awesome. And he had limited appearances this year, which is why his stats were kind of deflated. But he's a really solid bat. And I think if we're talking about a lineup that's trying to figure itself out, is Santana would be a really cheap option to expedite that process. Logan? For me, it's got to be a pitcher. Like, it's horrible. Their rotation's terrible. I'll take a guy like Chris Archer. He's not going to cost anything. If he's even half as good as he used to be, and he wasn't even that good in the past five years, he'll have a four or five ERA and have a lot of strikeouts. Like, you'll take that. That'd be totally fine. So I think that'd be, like, a really nice signing for, like, whatever. They're going to do five million. I don't even know what he's worth at this point, but might as well spend it. Yeah, I, I'm in the same uh, same type of signing. Like, with Logan, I'm going to put Rick Porcello with the Rangers guy that makes all his starts. Um, not going to light the world on fire, but he should provide the Rangers some quality innings. So that, you know, a Porcello or, yeah, an Archer, like a, you know, low risk, high ceiling type guy, all makes sense for the Rangers. Let's move on to the fourth place team. The Los Angeles Angels. A team that once again disappointed because they spend so much money but don't fill out the roster the way that a team should. Like Rendon well, had a good Rendon had a, Brendan, what'd you say? No, it's a, well, I said that the Rangers got a new GM, Chris Young. The Angels have a new GM as well. Because Billy Epler like left or got fired, whatever you want to believe. Well, yeah, the Angels have a new GM. Just, I think it's important to talk about. No, it's totally, it totally is important to talk about because Billy Epler just spends and spends and spends, and nothing ends up happening with LA. 
like Rendon had a good year. Trout had a down year for him, but objectively, he still had a really solid year. I mean, it's Mike Trout. He's not going to have yeah, a bad objectively year. Objectively, was like ridiculous again. Like, no, I, I know, I, but he came, yeah. hey, he, he came in fifth in MVP, yeah. all right? That's bad for him. That <laughs> like, is bad for him. <laughs> but the the Angels need to to spend on pitching or just not spend at all because it's unbelievable how much they have ignored their pitching staff forever. Like, they keep on trying to pump money into their lineup, and I'm just done with it. <laughs> well, I think it's important to mention that this is the last year of Avril Pujols' 10-year, $240 million contract. So. Which was a dumb contract. But we're almost there, boys. Like, the Angels, I don't know how we survived this whole contract. I thought, like, this was a, <laughs> you know, maybe they would cut him, like, a few years ago. Or maybe just, I don't know. But he made it, you know. Uh, I think he'll play, like, DH first base next year, but he's not touching uh, the field. Enough he's going to be with DH. That's enough to next two more years, and he's being paid a ton for you know for also not being super productive. But yeah, like Matt said, they've invested so much in their lineup the past few years, and they've neglected the pitching staff. And they have some like quality options, but not not no one that can like lead a staff. Like Dylan Bundy was a great pickup last year, but he can't do it alone. Andrew Heaney is a solid mid, middle, of the, middle of the rotation guy, but a Trevor Bauer, I think, makes too much sense. They have some money right now to spend and still to still stay under the luxury tax for next year. So I would be surprised if Trevor Bauer is not an angel, in my opinion. That's my biggest prediction, I guess, for the angels. The lineup is pretty much, you know, with, with the trade for Jose Iglesias, they replace Angleton Simmons at shortstop. So their lineup is pretty much done for me. Uh, I think the biggest question also is, what are you going to get out of Shohei Otani next year in terms of pitching? You know, None. DH, nothing. They should get nothing out of him with pitching. He should think, be a full-time You think hitter. he's done pitching? I think he should be done pitching. I, I think both of his numbers – I think he's a better hitter, and I think both of his numbers just, just, just flatten out when he is both. Like this – this is not going to happen in forever. Like if he doesn't commit to one of the two, something will, some body part will crap out on him and he will be done for his whole career. And the angels would have to eat that contract. So I, I, I think he should choose hitting because I think he's a better hitter. I know that the angels have a lot of problems with the pitching staff, but in terms of Shohei Otani, he is a better hitter than he is a better than he is a pitcher. So I think he should be a hitter full time. Yeah, yeah. Well, he would be their de facto ace if he was pitching. But didn't he have an injury or something last year? Always, yes, he did get hurt. And when he did pitch, he was like legitimately god awful. Like he had an ERA like over nine, and he like had a lot of innings, kind of like for what he was. He was terrible. But um, are you? Do you want to finish up, Brendan? No. Yeah. Well, I have some thoughts too, but you can go ahead. All right, so here's my thing. First, I'll address Matt's statement. When they signed him initially, let's make something very clear. They didn't have a rotation. They still don't have a rotation. They didn't sign him to hit. They signed him to pitch, and he had the bat. That's honestly my opinion. And, and his rookie year, he pitched gorgeously over a, a not too many innings, but he had the ability. He did both. I'm not even saying he can do both. Here's my thing, though. If he can do one or the other, and you're the Angels, you're begging him to pitch. You're begging on your hands and knees that he could stay healthy pitching because that's where the money's going to be for him, right? Like, for the money they're paying, you'd much rather him pitch than hit because, honestly, their lineup is good. 
they don't they should not sign another person for their lineup like I really like every position in this in this lineup first base is Matt but Jared Walsh hit a ton of homers last year you know David Fletcher I really like they also have Franklin Barreto as like a guy that could just you know play across the infield I like this team I like it a lot I think if he can pitch then they actually have a chance to like make a little bit of noise honestly though Matt I agree I don't even think he's gonna touch I don't know that he touches the mound this year I think if he does, it might take another year because he's so injured. They have to have him in the lineup. They have to, whatever it's going to be, that it's going to be healthy. That's how they'll have him. But um, yeah, I mean, this team is maybe one to two really good starters away from being a really solid team because Max Stasi is one of the better catchers in the league. Jared Walsh hit very well. Fletcher's good. You know, obviously Arenado is a top three third baseman, and he was. Whoa, um, whoa, Rendon, Rendon, hold on. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rendon. Honestly, much of the same, but no, Rendon. Honestly, Arenado's from LA, so. Honestly, trade him. No, Rendon, one of the top three catchers in the league, has been great. Third baseman, what is wrong with you? I'm having a stroke. Obviously, am I having a stroke? Like, maybe. Actually, no? Whoa, maybe third baseman. Um, yeah, Justin Upton is a is an issue at left. Um, and then, of course, Michael Taylor is the best center fielder. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, um, <laughs> they have Joe Adele. Maybe he plays left. You get Upton, maybe DH. I don't even – whatever. Well, it's you got to DH Shohei and just Pujols put him on the bench. I He's batting. I, I don't even know. Shohei's a problem. He's more of a problem at this point than, than he is a positive. But yeah, trade him to I, the Yankees. I, I completely agree. I think if they get Bauer, I think they should get Bauer. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't get Bauer. If they just pay Bauer what he wants and he's their ace, they might really be good enough to make noise because their batting is very good. Their fielding is pretty good. That's well, my opinion. I don't know that they might. Another thing, Bauer, uh, like I said. Um, so, whichever Bauer actually dropped a video on his YouTube page ranking his five most, his top five free agent fan bases, like which fan bases have like made the best pitch to him as a free agent. And he has the Angels as number one. So, nothing that, you know, it doesn't mean a ton. Again, like the fans aren't going to be paying his contract. But yeah, pretty interesting. You know, the Angels definitely, the fans want Bauer there. And the front office could, you know, they have enough flexibility in the payroll to make that happen. Uh, they're also not just one starting pitcher away, in my opinion, though. You know, Bauer will be their number one. They could also use, like, you know, there's plenty of guys they can use to fill out the rotation. Maybe like a Cole Hamels or a John Lester just to get like a veteran in, in there to provide some more innings. I also think they can use another bullpen arm. They got Rossio Iglesias, but again, you know, for a team that you know wants to win a World Series around Mike Trout, that's not enough by itself. So an Alex Colomay, who had a ERA under one last year, would, would look really nice in a setup role, I think, with the Angels. I actually like Brad Hand better because I think Brad Hand was brought up as a setup man. I think Alex Colomay has pretty much always been a closer. Or like I think but Brad Hand was definitely brought he was not a closer until very recently. Yeah, so I I think either makes sense. I'll throw Brad Hand into the mix because again, he was brought up as a setup man. I think he got traded to Cleveland from San Diego as a setup man. I don't think he was a closer in San Diego because they had Kirby Yates. So, I will. Um, I don't know if the timing works out uh, for that. He he ended up being a closer, I think, in the final year of his deal in San Diego, like his okay. last year in San Diego. Well, if you pay a guy enough money, he'll, he'll pitch whenever you want on the pitch. Really. Right. No, I know, but if 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 he's if he's up for the Trevor Hoffman 
award because he gets a lot of saves or I'm sorry, the Mo Rivera award because he gets a lot of saves and he should be a closer. But like Devin, it like I Devin mean, Williams did not win the award. Yeah. Devin Williams did not win the Trevor Hoffman award because he got a lot of saves. He won it because he's a great reliever and he had a, like an ERA basically at zero. You don't, okay. If you want to move Iglesias off, off closer, you can do that too. That's also true. He's not exactly like he has really good peripherals with a pretty like mark, like high ERA for a closer. He's not great. I like him, but he's not great. It's an awesome move for LA, though. I think they're, I think they're going to improve a lot next year internally. I think Shohei will be, will be better. Um, and they're pitching. They're they're going to get a few guys, so this should be a good team next year. It's going to jump. They're going to jump past the Rangers and the A's, and hopefully, maybe the Astros. You think they're jumping past the A's and Astros? Wait, that I think we should establish what the, the division was this year. It was A's, Astros, Mariners, Angels, Rangers. So do you think they're jumping the Mariners or the Astros first? Because well, you can't just jump the, the A's. I think that they're ahead of the Mariners. You know, regardless of record, by talent alone, they're ahead of the Mariners on the That's MLB cool. front. Yeah. I the, like them. The, they're a good team on paper. They just got to live up to it. I'm so done with them spending so much money and not doing anything. It's it's unbelievable. Honestly, just just dissolve the whole team, liquidate it. Just let's get a I new team in LA. Team. I agree with Brendan. I, I don't think the Mariners were in third place though. That's pretty interesting. They were. Mariners third, almost yeah. made the playoffs. They like they were they actually were close. They're yeah, usually but then they close. got memed hard and didn't make the playoffs. They had a pretty good start. That's right. Okay. Well, we can move on to the Mariners if you guys are ready. Yeah, they're another interesting team. Let's yeah, another team with a really bad bullpen. <laughs> yes. Kendall Graveman's their closer. All right, well, for the Mariners, um, this definitely te- this team definitely went over a transformation these last few years. You know, trading Cano and Diaz to the Mets, uh, losing Nelson Cruz as a free agent. I think Kyle Seager is their, their only, like, guy, you know, that's been there, like, long-term at this point. Um, but there's been some, like, new guys that have been coming up over the years. You know, Kyle Lewis is their star. They, you know, he's a first round pick from two from 2016. He had a really good rookie year, but couldn't have won the rookie of the year because you know, Luis Robert was too much of a stud. But yeah, the Mariners had a surprisingly good 2020, you know, for the limited 60 game season. But, you know, Marco Gonzalez is a super underrated pitcher. I believe they signed him to an extension, but he had a 3.1 ERA in 69 innings last year. So, you know, Marco Gonzalez is their number one. Um, you know, they have some guys – they signed actually Chris Flex into a two-year deal pretty recently from Japan to be in their rotation. Um, their lineup, though, I mean, they could use some help, like, filling out their positions as they wait for guys like Jared Kalanick and other position players to make their debut. But, yeah, this is a team on the rise. It is a super, super young team. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not doing the calculations right now. But like Kyle Lewis, Jose Marmalejos, J.P. Crawford, Shed Long, Evan White, they're all under 30 years old. So this is this is a team that it's hard to say if you would spend money to replace them. But also, the Mariners don't have money. So that's a moot question. They signed Cano to a 10-year deal, so they, they could spend when they want to. Yeah, but the Padres also spend. Doesn't mean that they have money also. <laughs> Every major league team has money. I agree. No, no, Matt. If they if they want to spend some when they can, I don't think they should. But continue. yeah, because look how the Cano signing worked out. <laughs> they didn't win. They're more than one piece away. 
Well, now they are, but yes. No, it's very simple. This team had a horrible bullpen and they need to spend on the bullpen. Alex Colomay makes a lot of sense here. I said in the in the free agency prediction video a couple of weeks back that he would reunite in Seattle. And I think that makes a lot of sense because even if you look past the reunion aspect of it, Colomay had the lowest ERA of any qualified reliever pretty much in the American League. And the Mariners had like the worst ERA in terms of the bullpens in the AL. So that move makes way too much sense for me for that not to happen. But they could also spend on a Liam Hendricks or a Brad Hand. Either makes sense. Or they trade for Devin Williams. That would be hilarious. But yeah, they need a bullpen. They 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 will not survive in in any division, let alone the AL West without a bullpen. So they need to spend on that. And I that's agree. cheap. So I think yeah, I agree. My opinion. What were you gonna say, Brennan? I, I think their outfield is pretty much set. You know, Mitch Hanniger missed all of last year. You know, had some complications. What, what was it like testicular something? Yeah, testicular know? cancer, I think. Or yeah. that Trey Mancini? No, that was Trey Mancini. Yeah. Hanniger had some like didn't like Hanniger also have something like testicular like problems. I don't know, but guys, get tested. Every every guy, you should be checking. Yeah, for didn't Jameson Tyon also have it? Like yes. guys, no, just colon cancer, I think. Oh well, Hanniger had some problems. Just Hanniger should be ready to go next year. Um, and Kyle Lewis, their center fielder, but also like their two top prospects are also outfielders, you know, Jared Kelnick, and who's the other? It's like Julio Rodriguez. That Julio sounds about Rodriguez. right. Julio Rodriguez is their, is their top prospect. So yeah, their top prospects are outfielders. So they're not going to block, you know, those guys by signing a guy in the outfield. But you know, Kyle Sears in the last year of his contract. Um, you know, they traded Daniel Vogelbach and they don't have too many, you know, options, you know, Evan White's their first baseman. They signed long-term, but yeah, they don't have a ton of options in their infield right now. And of course the bullpen should be upgraded, but the rotation seems pretty set to me, actually. You know, I talked about Marco Gonzalez, but you know, Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, those are guys they got through trades and they had a pretty, you know, they had pretty solid 2020 seasons. I mentioned they also signed Chris Flexen from Japan, so he'll definitely have a rotation spot. So yeah, the rotation seems pretty set to me. Kikuchi um, was a bit of a was a bit of a disappointment, and yeah, they're yeah. losing Taiwan Walker. Just a couple other things to keep in mind. Or wait a sec, Taiwan Walker was traded. They traded Taiwan Walker to the Blue Jays, and now yeah, I apologize, but they lost Taiwan Walker. Kikuchi has a really interesting contract. So he's being paid $17 million next year. And then for the next four seasons afterwards, they have four club options on Kikuchi. So. Oh, hilarious. They're totally not picking up any of those. Yeah, so oh, Kikuchi. Innings. They could, they could, I don't know. We'll see if he improves. Uh, Logan, so, what do you think about the, Mar- the Marlins, the Mariners? Were you done, Brendan? I don't want to step on toes. No, you, you can go ahead. I have some right. opinions on who they should, who they should go after. Got you. So just to correct a mistake we made just a minute ago, Hanniger actually ruptured his testicle and then had two different surgeries um, on his adductor muscle and his groin and then a herniated disc. So he was beat up in the whole lower body big time. (laughs) I'm hoping better. That sounds so painful. Like I'm laughing, but like that sounds horrible. So I really hope he's okay. I actually really like Mitch Hanniger as a player. I don't know him as a person. Um, you don't know Mitch Hanniger? You didn't go to his. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't no, go to his I wedding. Actually, here's a fun fact: Justin Dunn is actually my coworker's cousin. 
Uh, they're pretty close. So Justin Dunn, if you're watching, I'm I'm friends with Andrew Carpenter. But anyways, um, <laughs> Justin Dunn actually had a really nice year for what he like, he was a top prospect. He's doing pretty well. Just a Sheffield who they got from the Yankees in the Paxton trade was actually gorgeous. He had his fastball looked as lively as it was supposed to. His slider and curveball looks pretty good. He looks great. So I agree with Brendan. I think this pitching staff actually is going to have some nice positive regression, and it's going to just continue to be good. They can maybe get a guy to just sure it up, but they already did, like you said. So I feel good about the pitching staff. The bullpen is garbage, hot trash. They need to get, like, two guys if they want to compete right now, which I'm not a huge fan of signing bullpen guys if you're not ready to compete. I don't know if they're quite ready, but as I'll say in a minute, they're pretty close. Tom Murphy's a perfectly fine catcher. Evan White at first pace, he hits, so that he'll play wherever. I love Dylan Moore at second. Like, I love this person. He's amazing. Tons of steals, decent batting average, lots of singles. He's good. Shed Long also is pretty good. He's a top prospect as well. They have guys. Like, they have a J.P. Crawford, so, like, if he continues to, like, or I don't know, he's kind of past his prospect ceiling, but if he could continue to play well, they'll play him. Uh, obviously, Kyle Lewis you know a great outfielder and he's so young so that's amazing I really do like this team I don't love it because then they they don't have a superstar yet like they're so different from the Angels despite similar records that the Angels are like carried by two of the best players on the planet and it's very clear that the Mariners don't have that and they won't have that unless Kyle Lewis becomes you know goes nuclear next season um but they have a really solid team like, this team isn't bad. They're going to win games because their offense is really nice and their rotation isn't even bad. They just need, like, a bunch of relievers. I could see them signing, like, a Tommy Canely, actually, while we're on the subject of who they could sign. He's coming off an injury. He won't be too expensive. Even a Batances, like, these guys, like, they're not – they might not move them over the top, but they're really good bullpen pieces and they shouldn't be expensive. So that's who they could sign if they don't want to sign Colome or – uh uh, Brad Hand, but I don't I don't see that either. What do you I think? think? Going for infielders, um, I allude to that. I think there's this guy, you know, Hunter Alberto was non-tendered by the Orioles, and he was really a breakout guy this last year. Um, he also he also plays all over the infield. He can play second, he can play short, he can play third, and you know, it just gives the Mariners more flexibility. He's also like only 28 years old, so he's still like young enough so he can fit with the Mariners like long term. I don't know. Also, I could see them going after like a Mitch Moreland type, you know, so, like a guy that can, you know, spell Evan White. Um, you know, if he's not ready, you know, he had a he only hit 176 last year in his first taste of the major league. So if they want to like maybe groom him in a little bit more, they can have like a Mitch Moreland, you know, getting some at bats there. Um, so some signs like that, I think. I actually really like Mitch Moreland. Like, he's one of the best fielding ca uh, first basemen. Um, so, like, he makes a lot of sense, actually, especially in a platoon role. He's That's that's a great point, Brendan. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Matt, do you have any advice to sign? Just that they should sign Alex Colomay and just make me correct on my free agency predictions video. They, they need they, – they so desperately need a bullpen. So, so desperately. Like if if they don't, Logan if, though. What do you say? I agree with Logan that if you're not in a win now position, like you don't like spend on relief pitching. Well, you have to spend eventually. So 
yeah, but spend that's now. Like, like you no, know, but like saying you have to spend eventually and then doing it right now are like two different things. Like they could do it next year if they have like a better team overall. I don't think they're gonna do much. Like I said, like Brendan Their said, their bullpen like, was historically terrible. They should spend no, it on bullpen. I agree, but do you think Alex Calame is single-handedly going to improve this situation so much so that it's worth it? No, but it might lower their ERA enough for them to not be terrible in losing games in the final innings. That's important. I don't know. Talk to the Mets about it. Like they, a lot of teams do this. I don't know. And I don't lose. Know. I, don't, I don't love it. I, that would be fun. Honestly, that would be fun. Just give them back and lose. Um, that would that would be hilarious. That would be funny. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I didn't realize Kendall Graveman was also in the bullpen or like even the closer. That seems crazy to me, but I guess desperate times called for desperate measures and here we are. So yeah, they need something. I need a couple people, but um I do think the Angels will be better next season. So I, they're going to take a step back and then they'll grow back. Jared Kalanick is also like top 10 in baseball on the prospect list. Yeah, they're going to have a stick outfielder, Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kalanick. They're going to be, you know, stacked out there. Yeah. You know, they've got to build an infield. Yeah, but like, don't I, I still think Dylan Moore could really be like – Oh, um, yeah. He's like, they, they have guys. They're just really young. Like Matt said, like they're they really might, young. They might need a year. That's why like Mitch Borland yeah. like dealt some at-bats for him to, you know, to groom him into being the everyday guy. I completely agree. Brendan and I are on the same page, and Matt is just going to die on the hill of a reliever. But honestly, yeah, that's I'm fair. down. I'm down for that. Uh, moving on to um, Houston. The Trashville. Oh, man, it's going to be good. Right this off the bat. Right so off the bat. Springer and Brantley are not resigning. I think that's established. Uh, Brantley could easily resign, I think. I disagree. <laughs> Brantley could. Uh, Springer's definitely not. Brantley could, but I don't know though. I agree. Springer's I gone. I agree. Springer like literally is gone. Yeah, I agree. Ooh, this team is so interesting. Well, let's yeah. just talk about how the fact that they lost their two best starters from 2019. You know, Garrett Cole went to the Yankees, of course, and Justin Verlander pitched one game last year and had surgery. Was it? Was it Tommy John? It was yeah. Tommy John. Right? It was Tommy John. Yeah, so he's going to be out that. until like July. Yeah, because he'll be out all next year, I think. Yeah, so he waited. He waited him. several weeks or months to like do the surgery because you know how some players are like, man, do I want it? I want a second opinion, but like that pushes back the timetable. So like, he didn't. He didn't have it until like mid of last season or even later than that. He got screwed. They also lost their closure Roberto Azuna to Tommy John as well, and they non-tendered him. I think so. Well, good. He like beat up his girlfriend. So well, well, that well they that anyway, Zach Frankie, you know. But they also he's gonna be their ace, but also you know, guys stepped up last year like Ranbury Valdez and Jose Yacuiti and Christian Javier. They really stepped up and took some pressure off, you know. So their their rotation was still very solid last year, even without Cole and Verlander. So I think they're okay here, to be honest. Yeah, their rotation is like I I love it. All right. Granky is your one, yeah, he's old, but like he's still good. But I'm gonna botch these names, just pray for me. Valdez, Javier, McCullers, and Urquidy, those four as your as your two through five is already good enough. So you don't even need a guy. They need some depth because like they get hurt a lot and they're all very young. But like that's a very good rotation. I, I wouldn't spend a dollar in the rotation other than just like, you know, a Rick Porcello, maybe someone just to like eat an inning or two. Um th- this team is losing a lot of talent in the outfield, but like Kyle Tucker had an awesome year. He'll probably be – I mean, he is realistically the, the full-time left fielder. They 
they have a gaping holes in the outfield, but their infield is obviously top in the league. I mean, it hasn't changed. So, and they have uh, Diaz, Alidamus Diaz. Is that how you pronounce his name? Alidamus Diaz. Alidamus Diaz. It, hard. These names are hard. Um, they have him as a backup. So, like, he, they have a very deep infield and, and rotation, and their bullpen is still pretty good. Um, they could use a guy, but, like, Presley was great. So, like, they, they just need an outfield. Uh, who they could get, I'm not sure. Could you I'm imagine not... if they sign Ozuna? I, I saw an article saying Ozuna fit the Astros. Could you it imagine? Makes it, it makes sense. They're gonna, it's, it's, we said it earlier in the podcast, like um, two months ago, that Springer and Ozuna's contracts are going to line up. Like It makes total sense to me that years and, and AAV, they're probably pretty close. Just because but one's in one direction, the direction and the other one. What was that, Brennan? My take on the Astros, I mean, their pitching is not why they had a regression last year. It was their hitting. Um, uh, Springer's gone, but, like, all their guys, like, you know, Altuve, Bregman, they had down years last year, and it was really their offense that really prevented them from, you know, winning that division and from being, you know, the team in the ALS. So I think they're going to, you know, exclusively focus on offense this offseason. And, you know, Ozuna could be a fit. I actually think that JT Real Muto is a the Astros are a sleeper team on the Real Muto market. Maldonado's their catcher, but like he he'd easily be a backup. He's really more suited to be a backup. But I mean, Correa is gonna be your free agent soon, so they have flexibility to spend on a on a bat for their order. And yeah, I, I just think uh, the fits there. Uh, Brantley also could definitely resign. I think he will. They definitely, they definitely need a guy in the outfield. I think they're, they're also linked to Jackie Bradley Jr., so I wouldn't be surprised if they can get Jackie Bradley. I think they'll only get, like, one guy in the outfield. I actually like that move for JBJ. Um, but first, I do want to say that, Brendan, you hit the nail on the head where all their, all their great guys from years past did terribly, or at least terribly by comparison. And then the two guys that did really well, Springer and Brantley, even though Springer's batting average was a little bit down, but even so, their two best hitters are leaving or potentially leaving. Definitely Springer, maybe Brantley. I think so, but either way, maybe. So this is an interesting offseason for the Astros, to say the least, because next year they're probably also losing Correa because my guess is that Correa is not going to get the contract he wants from Houston because Correa is always injured and he's going to want a lot of money and Houston is going to be like, no, you. But Jackie Bradley Jr. makes a lot of sense in center field for the Astros, replacing a great uh, fielder in Springer because JBJ is used to fielding a big outfield like Minute Maid Park. He roamed uh, Fenway's just completely weird center field for a number of years and accumulated a pretty solid defensive run saved metric. I think it's, I think the move makes a lot of sense, especially if they do end up trying to sign Correa next year because Jackie Bradley Jr. is definitely going to be a lot cheaper than Marcelo Zuna and will make more sense for what they would want him to do because Ozuna is probably not going to play the field that much. Because, I mean, he he won the Edgar Martinez Award as a DH for the Braves. So it, it's pretty telling that he's not going to you know, be wearing a glove that much. Last year? I think Alvarez might require the DH more than we think. So Alvarez even even more that. so, both they're actually pretty similar. 
But yeah, that's a good point. They'll probably play Ozuna in the field as long as it doesn't hurt his shoulder. Because remember, the reason why Ozuna really struggled for two years in um, uh, on the Cardinals was because he, he had a bum shoulder and it never rehabbed and he was still playing the field. So he like, didn't even do that badly in St. Louis, though. Everyone... Oh, I know. Trust me, I <laughs> I know. But you know, he that was a down hitting year for him, and I I think he said that like his shoulder was never right. And then obviously now it's right and he didn't play the field. So I don't know if the, those two things are related. Jordan Alvarez should not be in the field though, though. So like between the two of them, you might have like a Stanton judge. Well, judge is an all-star. I don't know. They need one of those two guys really shouldn't be in the field, but we'll see. That makes sense though. I like JBJ um, for them to sign. I do think they're going to get Brantley though. I think they're going to get Brantley because I don't know. Like we have to talk. We, we haven't even said it, but like this team is pretty there any anyone that signs with this team is walking into a locker room that is in a very weird position like they're one year removed from the biggest cheating scandal in baseball for since steroids and that was not team-wide that was players so like it's kind of an interesting thing to walk into i don't we don't we haven't seen anyone sign really so like we don't know what players are interested in as far as the astros go what's Um, interesting is that brantley walked into that like brantley signed with the astros after That's, they were cheating. Yeah, I guess, but I guess, so I guess, I guess some players don't care much. And a, t- and, a and a player like Bradley Jr., that, I mean, not to make jokes, but he literally was on the Red Sox. They were caught for it. He's going to go oh, to the Astros. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe it he's lines comfortable up. with the idea. Maybe he's at fault. I don't know. Just spitballing. But, you know, I think that makes sense. I also, we have to talk about how good Kyle Tucker was because he had a crazy year hitting. Like, he was like one of their best hitters too. And, you know, that, and he in itself, if he progresses more, Kyle Tucker could be really special and they might not even need to replace Springer with such a crazy bat because he could be that bat. Uh, but I do think JBJ makes really a lot of sense in center. Uh, Ozuna's fine too. I think they, I think I agree with Brendan. They need to DH Alvarez, maybe get a guy that could field like really well. So, Whoever that might be, like Springer or Real Mudo for catcher. You know, you never know. This is I, another. This is another team that could could spend, but is in a pretty solid position on paper, kind of like the Angels. The only difference is the Astros have pitching. So yeah, the Astros. Thank better. God. But, yeah. For Valdez and Equity for stepping up. Exactly, and Javier for almost winning Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Like the the only problem I see with the Astros is what if the players aren't actually as good as we all thought they were and they were only good because they cheated? You know? Uh, I think Altuve is still – he was, like, you know, even before, like, all those other guys came and he was, like, hitting, like, 200 hits a year. So No, I know, but I'm just yeah. – hey, this could be this could be a very interesting couple of seasons if everything just kind of falls off a cliff for Houston. It would be interesting if, if the young guys – like. Correa was around before, maybe, or like very, you know, he was. But he did make his only All Star season in 2017. No, but he was good before that. But uh, you know, on the flip side, Bregman, Bregman in particular, kind of like literally came up with this with this. He came up with the cheating stuff, right? And he was, I mean, granted, he was top three in the draft, so like he was obviously always supposed to be good. But it would be interesting to see if he like really never progresses because he was almost an MVP winner a couple of years ago and he fell off a cliff this year to some degree. If he could get it back, 
will dissolve this conversation. But if he continues to struggle next year, that's interesting. But we'll see. His go- his glove is also great. So it's all interesting. Cool. All yeah. of it. <laughs> this I is, do think the so Astros weird. will be just fine. I think this is one of the best teams in the league, even if they don't win the division. Because I, as we saw, they could dismantle any team. So like, I, I definitely think the Astros are scary. I certainly hate playing them. So should be interesting. Again, it's all on paper. But, Brendan, do you have any last thoughts on Houston? I mean, besides Real Mudo being a sleeper candidate, or, or Ozuna, I do think they'll splurge and get one. Uh, or it could just be Brantley. But I think they'll splurge and get one of those three bats to try to make up for the, some of that lost offense and, and for some of that internal regression last year. But, yeah, I mean, this is still a good team, so – you know, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And I don't think it's all because of, you know, they're not cheating anymore. Like, I think, you know, a short season, you know, you got to see how they bounce back in a full season. That's very true. Now, uh, are we ready to move on? Yeah. I'm ready. I love the A's. Well, hold on. Let me introduce the team. Hold on. So we're going to be talking about the Oakland A's. (laughs) Uh, yeah, they came in first this year with the the just the funniest situation ever. Every time the Rays or A's or any team without money does well, it, it always just tickles my fancy because it's like you see the Angels and Padres and Phillies and even the Yankees going out and spending all like upwards of $100 million a year on guys that end up doing the same thing as guys that are like $50 million less. So the... A's ended up doing really well this past year. Uh, the batting average was certainly a problem, but they ended up having a very solid year overall. But I think what's important to talk about with the A's is who they're losing. Not so much as who they can get, because yeah. again, the A's don't generally spend a lot on free agency because they don't have enough funds to make huge splashes. Not to say that they can't spend, but just that it's you they usually do not spend. So Liam Hendricks, Robbie Grossman, Tommy Listella, Marcus Simeon, and and Mike Miner, well, he left already. So and even Mike Fires and Joaquin Soria, all of those guys were extremely productive for the A's, and they are all free agents. So it's oh, yeah. it's really about how do you replace them? And I think you got to start this conversation by talking about Liam Hendricks because yes, Marcus Simeon was an MVP candidate a couple of years ago, but Hendricks was the best reliever in the American league and he is now a free agent. So how do you replace someone as good as Hendricks? Do you sign someone like Brad Hand or Alex Colomay or re-sign Hendricks or do you just sort of wait it out? I think the, what they do is just they internally get guys and they get, you know, underappreciated pitchers to step in and, you know, be that type of guy. I mean, they usually do pretty well in the bullpen, but I don't think they're going to be at the top of the market with like the Hens and the Kirby Yates or the Hendrixes. But, you know, they can, they can make a trade. They could, I can see them. Yeah, I can see them swinging a trade, but also their bullpen is pretty fine for where I see it. You know, Jake Diekman, uh, Louis Trevino, well, Louis Trevino, like, I'm not too super concerned about their, 
you know, it's definitely going to stink losing Liam Hendricks, of course. Um, but I think, you know, it's much more likely they resign Marcus Simeon because, you know, not that many teams need shortstop to solve season. And, you know, there's only so many. So there's going to be some shortstops that need jobs. So I think Simeon could circle back to the A's and sign a one-year deal and try to rebuild his value or even a two-year deal. But I have a really, like, this is kind of off topic, but I really kind of have an interesting prediction on uh, who the A's can get. That could be a really good value signing for them. I could see them circling back and maybe going after Yoana Cespedes, who they signed out of Cuba, like, back in, like, 2012. And he played for the Mets this year a little bit, but opted out. So, I don't know, Cespedes could DH. I don't know. He could really – who knows? Maybe the A's can find some magic with him. Because I don't really see there too many spots where they could use, like, upgrades on the offensive side of things. You know, Chris Davis had a really bad year. So, like, if they want to, like, play Davis less and get, like, another guy in there. Um, I mean, they always get, like, also, like, starters on one-year deals. Like, Mike Fires, like, last year, I think that was a free agent that they lost, too. So, they can get another cheap starting pitcher. But, yeah, this team never really spends on guys on the free agent market. They kind of must make trades. So, I, I can see them, like, you know, getting some trades together. That's how they usually stay competitive. Yeah, I agree. Um, just looking at this team, I mean, their rotation, Sean Manaya is is really, really solid and has the potential to be really more than solid. Um, Frankie Montas is a top prospect, has a lot of success in the league. Last year he struggled. Really, his ERA is so inflated by like two awful starts, um, I think against the Astros, both of them. Um, Jesus Cesardo, another top prospect who has a lot of potential in the league, already has some results. Chris Bassett as well. Really, this team is littered with with players that are supposed to be great, and honestly, they've been pretty good, hence their amazing record last year. Um, you know, James Caprillion was a first-round pick, and now he's in the bullpen. Like, they they did an awesome job. I am so in love with their offense. Like, Matt Chapman, I love him so incredibly much. Olsen, I love him so incredibly much. I got, like, Marcana or Canna, how do you pronounce his name? I think I canna I think Oh, you don't even know. You don't even know. I think it's I think it's Marcana. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's Canna. Yeah, he's been great. Really all across this this offense is amazing. With or without Semyon, this offense is amazing. I think if they replace Semyon with whoever Didi, but they're not going to spend on Didi. So like whoever they decide they want to, you know, sign even if they want to just play like who they already have. Um I I really like this offense and I think they're, they're outfield particularly with Roman uh, Ramon Laureano. It's a top fielder and also has a, a nice bat, you know, Piscotti can still hit Tony Kemp is pretty solid. Chad Pinder. They have so much depth. I like this team a lot. If they get a pitcher just to fill out the rotation, they don't need an ace. They literally need a guy to get innings. And you know, no matter what they, in every year I find myself saying the A's can't pitch. And then I look at their ERA and it's like under three. And then I'm like, Oh, my bad. Because, like, every year their team just pitches amazing and their offense just does great, and they lose in the playoffs for some reason. But I, I like this team a lot. I still think they're going to come in first in this division. I think they just need to get one pitcher and maybe a shortstop. Yeah, I actually like um, Andrelton Simmons coming to the A's. I think it's important to note that the A's, again, like the Astros, are pretty solid on paper in terms of their lineup. 
they were 25th in batting average, which isn't the best sign in the world uh, for a team that won its division. But Simmons batted 297 last year. And I think that the whole shortstop market this year is going to be a lot cheaper than it usually would be because of the uh, because of what's going to happen next year. So I think Simmons will be affordable. And I mean, like I like I said, I was unsure if the whole Texas deal would happen. But you know, the the A's traded for Tommy Lastello this past season. So there's a relationship between the Angels and the A's uh, that's within that's interstate. So, but but even so, even so. I think I think Simmons is a better shortstop than Marcus Simeon. There, I said it. There you go. I think Simeon had a great year a couple of years ago, and I don't think he's that great of a hitter. I said it again. I think I think that Simmons will will be a better bat for this lineup. And guess what? He's still a Gold Glove fielder. So, boom rush. Yeah, but does Simmons get on base? He doesn't walk much, but he does have a decent batting average. I'll, yeah. I'll give credit to Matt. His batting average was really nice. However, it's a lot of Semyon slander. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. Yeah, I'm don't take it. Go ahead. He's, Semyon is absolutely a better hitter. He's just going to be more expensive, and he's not as good of a fielder. So, like, if you want to make the argument that they need the fielding, that's fine. I don't. I think the A's have a very good fielding team, though. I mean, just off the top of my head, Olsen and Chapman and Loriano, those three guys are great fielders. Who so all have low batting averages. Just saying fair that's fair so but by that logic they, they don't need simmons though they could just resign Semyon or just get a really high batting average guy they, yeah but simmons what? is a no, simmons no, no, is no, no, very no, no, no. proven simmons I'll is extremely proven i will one up you brendan you're gonna love this hanser alberto that makes too much sense yeah he, that does make a lot of sense it makes so much sense. He had such a high batting average, and he's going to be so cheap because no one knows who he is. Like this, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> like that, there, no one knows I, who he is. Hunter Alberto is the guy. Done. I think. Well, I'll, I'm I'm pitching a lot of reunions here, but the A's also had Rich Hill like a few years ago. So I yeah, think that's they like I don't know. They just want to replace Mike Fires. Like, but they're not going to sign like a, a Tanaka or Order Rizzi. But like, I don't know, Rich Hill, Hunter Alberto would be nice for the middle infield. Um, but yeah, I think they're also banking on improvement, a bounce back from Matt Olson, who was like not a factor this year. He only had like, well, he had 14 home runs, but hit 195. So Matt Olson's not a 195 hitter. Chris Davis is also, you know, Chris Davis had two home runs last year. So Chris Davis, you know, if they don't sign you on a Cespedes, well, I think that'd be kind of funny if the A's got Cespedes. They're not going to um, get him. He's too much of a that base, no <laughs> Second base would be an area of improvement. So Alberto would actually fit there really nicely. Because I don't think they're going to spend like on a Colton Wong or Cesar Hernandez. Actually, Colton Wong is another really good fit. He's another really high batting average guy. That's a good point. They don't like be more expensive. If you look at so I'm looking at like their Fangraphs roster right now and their projected lineup and their projected rotation. All of these like acquisitions are either through drafting or through trades. You know, Canha was traded from the Rockies. Uh, Tony Camp, Floriano trade were from trades. Chris Davis was from a trade. Um, they're pitching. You know, Chris Bassett was from a trade. Lazardo was from a trade. Manaya and Montas were from trades. So, like, this entire roster, like, from the top down, is all, you know, Jake Deakman was acquired from a trade. This is not a team that's ever active in the free agent market. So, to say that they'll, they'll fill out the roster through, you know, signings is, you know, it's very, it's, you know, historically, it's very unlikely. Maybe they'll get one or two guys, but, like, I'm not saying they're going to sign Trevor Bauer. 
No, but even like even no, like they don't even, yeah, guys, though. they don't do that. They just do trade, which is you know a different way of doing business. All right, but fine. They'll trade for Corey Seager there. <laughs> they could. No, they're, they're not. But they. What they are you have talking about? There's no that. way. No, no. But they, you got you got to remember this team is like Brendan said. Like, also keep in mind when they make these deals, they're never the team giving up the prospects for the guy. They're always constantly trading all stars and getting tons of prospects back. They're not going to trade any all-stars right now because this team is really good. They don't need to be selling, but they could trade. I'm sure they could find a trade. They'll somehow swindle some team. Like Brennan said, like, this is how they do things. I don't think they're, I agree. They might not even sign a, a player. They might literally do nothing in the free agency and make a trade for like, who knows? We never know who the, what the A's are going to do. And then they just win the division. And then we're like, what the hell happened? Could happen. I don't know who they'll trade for though. I can't think of a player like off the top of my head where I'm like, yeah, that's the guy they're going to trade for. But I guess that's why we're not front office general managers. Well, that's what you think. But just look back at it. Just come back in 20 years and then you'll see us all running the Mets. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you are, the Mets aren't a team anymore. Hey, whoa. All right. Hey, Brendan, it looked like you were posturing to say something. No. <laughs> no. You were just you were just ruminating over the the opportunity to be the Mets GM. You might do a better job. You might do a better job. Honestly. Well, let's see. We'll see with Jared. We'll see if Uncle Steve made the right move. I don't know. I don't know. Can I just I say, it. just completely off topic? I love calling him Uncle Steve. I love it. <laughs> he is like the he is like the cool uncle of New York right now because like nothing about the Yankees are like objectively cool in the front office. That's not like, that's not true at all. Cashman when he wears Cashman's his shit cool. when he wears his aviators, there's no one cooler. <laughs> No, Cashman is like, he's like the really serious uncle who's like the businessman you don't see at family events. Like, Uncle Steve <laughs> oh, might God. be like, that's in good. every, he's like the cool uncle that's going to like buy you a ton of presents because he's rich. Like, that's like Uncle Steve. I, I'm right. You could f- argue with me all day. I'm, I'm really, not arguing with you. I'm just saying, I'm just saying when Cash Money's got his aviators on, there's no one cooler. It's <laughs> actually a good point. It's actually, it's a good point. All right. Any parting words before we close? I'm pretty much done. We have one more division for next week, which is, you know, it's kind of sad how all these divisions are wrapping up, but we have just the NL West next week. And then They're if there's, up. I mean, we'll probably do a big free agency recap and then it's Hall of Fame season. Yeah, no, I definitely want to do Hall of Fame battle, which is kind of hard this year. You know, there's not a ton, a ton of obvious uh, candidates and I might, I may not even fill my 10 guys for the ballot this year. We'll see. But or also, we can do some historical things too. Like, I'm um, putting in the books. We do a lot of historical Mets talk, so we can do you know just a lot of historical baseball talk as well. If we have nothing to talk about, I'll do I'll do we'll my see. research. We'll get something done. You guys know yeah. I'm already excited. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I just wish I really hope some players start to sign in the next two weeks. I so. think deals will get done before Christmas and the holidays because in the new year because executives like you know they will take some time off too, be at their family so. I think this week will be pretty active, actually. Well, let's two hope weeks. so. Yeah. We got another two weeks. But, uh, yeah, I'll take us home. So, you know, follow us on, on Instagram at Baseball for Breakfast. Follow us on Twitter at Baseball, baseball for Brad one uh, Like us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. It helps us get us up the, uh, the ladder, climb the leaderboards. The power rankings, if you will. The power rankings, correct. 
Um, Brendan has us put it in the books podcast. I'm not sure what the handle is off the top of my head, but I follow it and you should too, because it's fantastic <laughs> content. Brendan, what's the handle? It's it just at put in the books. That's incredible. We love that. At put it in the books. Follow us both. Uh, you know, we're on Spotify as well. So wherever you can find us, get us there. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and uh, join in next week. What did I think that you made? That we're about me. Well, what did I think?